I like that thing. Sweet. Yeah. I think it's cool. He made it so fast, and he just sent me like six fucking versions of it. Like it was just, it was just all good, man. I loved it. Sorry, I'm gonna get all comfortable here. Um, so yeah, this is Psychotic Strength Podcast. This is Tyler Toby Townsend and Dakota Guy. All right, man. We get Dakota back today. Figuring out what's going on with him. Uh, we're gonna talk business a little bit, and uh, I got more questions about keto. All right. So I figure you're the one to. You're the one to ask. I mean, shit, we're looking online and uh, your baby's chomping on a st- steak. Oh, yeah, Blakely, yeah. Four <laughs> months old and we got the docs like, oh, you can introduce solid foods if you want. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Steak. Let's. <laughs> That's well, your choice. <laughs> I mean, Ryder's first food was brisket and pulled pork. Yeah. So, and like. The rule that we were told is if you can mash it between your fingers, yeah, their gums are tougher than that. They'll be able to eat it. And obviously she's not really chewing. She's just kind of suckling on it. So yeah. it's like you get the meat juice, you get the flavors, you get exposed to a little bit of it. You know, she's not going to eat. actually start eating for another couple of months, but we can start introducing some, some foods. And I would, you know, much rather introduce foods that have positive on my child's life than like the stereotypical like I you know rice cereal or Cheerios or something like that which is just I think as more people look into like what's in cereal they're realizing it's not that great of a breakfast food right it's just empty it is so empty man like I can understand as I'm sitting over here eating a cookie go for it but you know it's just it's one of those things. I if it doesn't have a positive anymore, like I kind of don't do it, and we kind of take that our approach with our kids too. Is everything has to be like moving the needle forward, right? So if it if it's going to detract from you and take you back a step, like alcohol, for example, oh like, yeah, that's a big one for me. Like I have a drinking problem, right? So I don't. My wife has a drinking problem, so she doesn't. It took away from our lives rather than adding to it. So we removed that and are move you know, move forward with it. And I've been sober two years now and I think she's right at right at two years as well. So, I mean, just keep moving the needle forward in fun ways. If you find other things, like I never thought I'd reintroduce nicotine. But oh, really? yeah. Nicotine is like dude, it flipped like a light switch in my head. And it, it's moving me forward. And I, I mean, I'm on a three milligram, so between two and four milligrams. I'm relatively low dose. It just is enough to flip the switch in your head because nicotine by itself is pretty positive. It's a powerful drug, like caffeine. Yeah. It's a great nootropic, but in tobacco, as far as like your traditional smokeless tobacco, like chewing tobacco or vaping or even like cigarettes... It's all the other stuff, the carcinogens, the cancer-causing agents, all that that you you don't want. So I'm confused. So this is just nicotine? It's a so it's a white tobacco leaf extract. So it's not full of like the tars and all that. And I'm gonna get around to making my own so I can like source my ingredients differently. Right. And I'm gonna add some other things to it. Because, like, okay, you know, a little bit of nicotine is great. 
But what about a little bit of caffeine on top of it? Like make a pre-workout patch. Wow. Almost okay. like, okay, you're like, oh, I got to go in for this lift. Well, orally, you can absorb a lot more, a lot faster. That's why nicotine can hit you like a switch yeah. real quick or, you know, other kind of psychedelics that you choose to intake Uh-oh. orally. Yeah. Flip fairly fast. Right. So. You can throw some shrooms in those patches? I mean, like things like lion's mane okay. and stuff like that. Well, you got to be yes. careful with that shit. They've been really coming out with some stuff right now that's. The thing is, I feel like a lot of fad things, lion's mane hit that hard too. Mm-hmm. People just overdosed it. And they're starting to see like some very negative side effects. Yeah, I mean, if you overdo, if you overdo water, you can, you can dehydrate yourself because you flush all the electrolytes out of your system. Like your right. body needs sodium, it needs magnesium, it needs potassium. You drink three gallons of, you know, distilled water a day, you're pulling all that out. Yeah. Then you got muscle cramps. You got you know things locking up. Your blood's not moving like it should. So yeah, I mean, you can overdo anything. Right. It's just crazy because, I mean, somebody says one thing does good for you and everybody else is like, well, I'll just eat the shit out of it then. And you're like, not like that. What we're saying is you should add this into your normal diet, not make it your diet or, or whatever, you know? I think that's most people's problem is it's just all or nothing. Right. It, you know, there's no dimmer switch. It's no... All right, let's walk it up a little bit. Let's figure out where your personal viable dose is. Like, how many milligrams of a certain component do you need to flip the switch, and that's it. Like, you don't need... I mean, you can talk about this with the same with, like, TRT, hormone replacement therapy. Like, okay, what's your minimum dose to feel better? Right. To to reach it versus... If you're not doing blood work, I don't know what you're doing. Right? And, yeah. and it's just, it's not Everybody's even necessarily different. the blood work. Yeah. Like, okay, some people will feel better if they have 140 milligrams per deciliter of testosterone, you know, testosterone available. And then they, like, they need to get up to 600. Like, that's where they feel sweet. But their doctor says, no, we need you up to 900. Well, it's like, no. It's not necessary, yeah. It's not necessary. Like, you're just trying to take the edge off and feel better like we're not well I was talking to a buddy of mine too about this and uh, this whole subject and we were talking about him maybe starting a cycle and um, with that he's like so I, I, I'm thinking like a thousand tests and, and D-ball and Clint and, and I'm like chill the fuck Whoa. out like dude you need to chill really like if this is your first one like start at like 500 tests you're really just doubling your normal amount of testosterone with just that amount. Mm-hmm. Do that. See what it does for you. Everybody's body reacts differently. Everybody's, you know, like for testosterone for me, my body absorbs the shit out of it. I, I need a lot less than most people do because I absorb it so quickly. And I mean, even in your blood work, didn't you hit like 3,000 or something? I did. I matched the yeah. scale out. It's, yeah, it said 2,999 plus. And I was like, oh, so more than that. Cool. But, uh, no, I've actually backed off really hard. I did. I, I probably went about two years straight mm-hmm. um, on, like, trend and test. And it's just not good for you. It, it really fucks up your brain. Um, I've noticed since I pulled, I pulled trend completely out. 
Yeah. And uh, what it was doing was leaning me up, keeping me lean, which is why I'm getting a little thicker right now. I'm at like 325 right now. That's the biggest I've ever been. Um, but with that out of there, my whole mental state is 100 times better. I was know? talking with a couple of the guys that I used to go to the gym with that were just, they were recreational lifters. And I don't yeah. think they knew, I, I, obviously they didn't know what they were doing. They were just taking tracks. That's it. Yeah. No testosterone. They weren't even getting blood work done. They were buying it from some janky online site. Cool. Like, they weren't testing things. Okay. You know, whatever. They were talking about how they found that they were just angrier with the world. And I saw a little thing a couple months ago that somebody was talking about, like, the effects of trend and, like, how it, like, turns off parts of your brain. And reactivates like the more primal side of your brain, and that's why like it does some weird stuff. Well, so for me in general, it makes me darker, like makes everything darker in my brain. Mm. So like things that are sad or upset me, stuff like that. It's it's um, it's the difference in being like, man, I want to punch that guy in the face, or like, man, I want to murder that dude in front of his family so they have to watch. You know what I mean? Like, it really just, like, changes the dynamic of what you would do in a certain situation, you know? Like, it's it's intense. It really is. And I've noticed that not being on it, um, I'm not saying depression's gone or anything like that, but, like, it's definitely not forward on my mind. Like, thoughts of, like, maybe self-harm or harming others in, in, a, in a, like that, like that kind of direction. Mm. Because punching someone in the face is is different than, like, killing them, right? Especially, like, it's never like, I'm just going to kill that guy. It's more, like, kind of depraved, you know? Like, again, murdering him in front of his family and, like, making them watch and, like, all this other bullshit. It's probably best that you uh, remove that. (laughs) It's a good idea. The hard part is you go long enough on it, uh, you don't really know the difference, Mm. right? So now that I'm off of it, which... I got a hold of a really good friend of mine and was like, I was I was not doing okay. And I'm like, look, I'm scared to come off is what I'm doing, you know? Because it's just, it's scary. If I'm thinking like this already and I'm still on, if I just yank it, I'm going to go into this deep, dark hole, which is usually what happens to me if I pull everything. Mm. Usually I just stop cold turkey, which is pretty stupid. Yeah, you gotta wean yourself off and do all that other did shit. Did you did you wean yourself off of trend then? Yeah, so okay. we did all that shit. It took about three months. So this last competition I did basically not on anything. Mm. It was just a normal comp for me, and it, it was, was uh, last weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. So I did I did all right. It took like ninth out of twenty five, and and uh, it was it was a fun competition. I definitely was nowhere near my best. Uh, I, I met. I was at the very end of a drop-off cycle, right? So about three months I was working on coming off, mm-hmm. and uh, that was month three. So that was about as normal as I was gonna get. Uh, plus, I had, honestly, I hadn't trained in like two months. Like I'd hit the gym once or twice a week, and like maybe do a workout. But there's a difference in doing shit like that and being consistent in the gym. To where your body's ready to lift that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was more fucked up after this competition than I have been ever. Mm. 
Like, my body just wasn't ready. And I'm pulling, like, fucking 870. I, I went for 930. Yeah. The jumps in these fucking weights were nuts. That's a, a healthy jump. Is that the one that you decided to take a nap on the bar with? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing is my buddy was recording me. He turned it off when that happened. But you can see me kind of go down and kind of be like, oh. You can see the eyes roll back. Yeah, what you don't see is I was was down for a good second. Someone caught me by the shoulders before I just, you're stuck to the bar. So it would have just been face plant right into the concrete. So luckily those people kind of grabbed me. It's pretty embarrassing. You know what I mean? I feel it is. And uh, they kind of freak out a little bit. At the same time, you you know, you're trying to, Whole 900 plus pounds. Yeah. That's, you know, less than a tenth of percent of the world can do that. Right. And so that in itself is an accomplishment. But when you're pulling that kind of weight, that's a that's a huge risk anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you take certain guys and, like, they go to, you know, just pull 405. Yeah. They might decide to take a nap over the bar, yeah, too. Yeah, that's like, true. It happens. You so know. with that one, I tore... All my so I br- I did brand new stretch marks on my shoulders. Mm. They tore from that, and I blew the capillaries from my bicep all the way across my chest into my other bicep from Ooh. from pulling. From pulling. Yeah, so it looked like I had a fucking gnarly sunburn just right there, and then you look closer, and it's really just blood vessels and capillaries just exploded. Explode. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bad. The battle scars. You got to do some comps, man. Like some uh, strength ones, just for fun. You're a littler dude. I yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the fluffiest I've been in a while. I'm sitting at two ten right now, which oh, you know isn't yeah. isn't that bad. But like, I'm still pursue, pursuing the like the bodybuilding stuff, and like yeah. I probably will do like the gym shirt I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Um, he's down in Eugene. Aaron hosts a. Uh, an amateur powerlifting thing. Okay. So like, I'll probably do that next year. Okay. Or well, actually, it'll be the following. But. Powerlifting is fun-ish. I just feel like it's more of a technical style. game, whereas like strongman's more of a battle. You know, like <clears throat> it's there's more into it. There's people going at the same time. It's loud. It's fucking crazy. People get really hurt. I enjoy that. <laughs> you know, like, I enjoy thinking I may die picking some of this shit up. Right. It's it's more fun. There's more of a rush. You know, you're picking something up and running with it. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I'll probably do something like that for fun. You got it. Next yeah. year or so. So, but, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. I'm holding off on competing in the bodybuilding stuff yeah. for, I think it's 25, 2025 is when I'm going to start my next prep, so. Good. Because I want to be uh, open level athlete okay. as far as like the natural bodybuilding side. So the federation like I like to compete. It is the WNBF. It's this it's a smaller federation compared to like the NPC and IFBB, but it's the lar- one of the larger ones of the natural federations. But yeah. I mean, still you get you get some guys that appeal to the bone. Yeah. So we had a couple of shows this year that we went to. We, Worlds was held in Seattle this year, which was killer to go That's watch. That's cool. But up in uh, Marysville, Arlington area, okay. there was the Puget Sound Pro-Am hosted by Aaron Orton. And that show was wild. 
Really? The lightweight class, like, so, what is it, 150 pounds and below. Okay. Or something like that. 165 and below. Is that what you compete in? Yeah. So Shit. <laughs> I, I fell, I fell, in, I would have fallen into the middleweight class if I had done the open, but, so, the guys there, I mean, you're talking, the leanest guy there, I think it was 3.2% body fat. 3.1, that was Robert Sykes. You ended up winning the overall at the Puget Sound Pro-Am hmm. and then went to compete at Worlds wow. in Seattle a couple weeks later. He's from uh, Northwest Arkansas. He's a keto guy too. But then you look at some of these other athletes and you're just like, I mean, like when you're talking 6% is the high end of the body fat and these are guys that are, you know, 190 pounds plus in the heavyweight category and still looking that lean, it's wild. And they're 100% natural. You know, polygraphed before you step on stage, you win your class, you get drug, you get drug tested, you get to go pee the cup. And so, if they find any markers that are out of what it's considered Can normal, you have never done steroids before? Or so it's is a 10 certain? year. 10 years? 10 years. God damn. Yeah, there are certain things like that are exempt from that. Like, you remember the old jacked formula? You know, uh-huh. basically methanol. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, before that was banned by WADA, like, mm-hmm. they gave a grace period. So if, like, you'd used it before it was banned by WADA, you're good. But yeah. there are other things. And, like, things are constantly changing, like peptides and stuff like that. Anything that's banned by WADA is banned by the WWF. And then they have their additional requirements, too. Right. But Isn't Lion's Mane, like, under investigation and shit? Probably. I, anything like that that can give athletes a competitive edge is one of those things that is going to be under investigation by WADA and other natural, either powerlifting, bodybuilding, stuff like that. Anything that can give athlete kind of a real competitive edge. Yeah. It is. Like, okay, you flash back 50 years. I wouldn't have been surprised if, you know, WADA was, like, looking at caffeine, things like that. Caffeine, nicotine, things like that. Like, cocaine's on the list. Of things you can't do? Yeah, things you can't do, cocaine's on the list. That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like the part. But it's, uh, like, THC is also on the list, but it's specified 48 hours before your urinalysis and polygraph test. So it doesn't interfere with the polygraph. Okay. Yeah, it's it can interfere with the polygraph. Uh, that's what they say. I don't well, know if they're high it, enough. I, like, yeah, I don't know if I believe it necessarily, but just because I don't believe a rule doesn't mean I'm not gonna follow it. Because like you like the federations, you like to compete in, so you yeah. might as well abide by their rules. You know what I heard at this last competition? It bothered the fuck out of me, and I've heard it like ten times since. If you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. And I was like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, like when you're talking cheating, like, I guess it depends on your, your view of that. But the fact that this is a saying, like, who the fuck are you? Why do you want to win if you're cheating? I don't want to win, be on the podium and be like, know that I cheated, even if no one else knows. It's like the guys in the powerlifting meets that, like, hide the, sling, like, the slingshots. 
Oh, yeah. Under, under their, it's just like, guys, come on. Like, you're coming out with your arms crossed. Like, okay. Yeah. And then you run off stage with your arms crossed. Like, we know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's Some like, dude no, just got caught doing I, can that. Under, I can understand wanting to win. Of course. Right. And within hmm. your, your boundaries, working within that to win, go for it. Right. You know, if you're competing at an IFBB pro level and you are natural and doing well, great. But at the same time, if you want to cycle certain substances to get to that next level to, you know, win the Olympia, win the Arnold, right. win win those shows. You know, if you're competing against athletes that have a certain boundary rule, like, okay, these are the substances that are approved, you can use these, you can use whatever, go for it. I don't care. Right. But at that point, you're you're still within your boundaries. You're not cheating. That's what I'm saying. You should be following the rules. So at, at this last comp, there's a 400-pound Husafelt natural stone, right? Yeah. The rule was we can drop it as many times as we want, pros only. Anybody else, if you drop it once, it's done. I lapped it, walked maybe three feet, and ate shit. Like, I rolled over the rock. Like, yeah, it was cute. Um, But there were some dudes, like, not lapping it and just moving it forward. Right? And I was like, man, fuck. Like, if I knew I could have done that, I would have lapped it, ran as far as I could, and then kept doing that. I didn't know I could do that. So, but then, at the same time, I started getting pissed because some dude was scooting it. Ooh. No, no, no. There better be air in between the floor and that fucking rock if you're not even picking it up. That's some fucking bullshit if you're going to scoot it. Like, it wasn't coming off the ground all the way. Yeah, that should count. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this is bull. Like, I'm yelling, like, dude, fuck that guy. He's not even picking it up. You know, we're over here, and one of the other dudes came up and was like, if you're not trying to cheat, you're not trying to win. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm competing against this prick. Like, I could have done that and got that way further, but I didn't because it's cheating. And I think that's person to person. Like, I guess morality then is a question because if you are cheating are you really able to claim the win then right like and personally like okay say i'm not but say i was to use testosterone right and other you know bodybuilding stuff that you use to compete at the ifbb level right well and i was using masking agents to hide them and I didn't get caught competing in a natural federation WBF OCB I personally would not feel right right doing that like I would feel like why would you want the win you would okay so you beat a bunch of guys enhanced that are all natural like right. okay that doesn't no I, you know you're okay just you're kind of doing your own ego thing at that point like, and I mean I, I to me <clears throat> My ego, I guess, is just a little more, my ego is probably a lot bigger than everybody else's because I can't feed my ego fake shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I want I want that real shit. I want to beat everybody in my class, like bad, and for real. And you want to beat them right. The right wanna, way. Like even if they're cheating, and you're like, yeah, I whooped your ass. Yeah. Like that's that's a different level there. Yeah. Yeah. I've only had one competition where I just spanked everybody, and it was the feeling was phenomenal. Yeah. And it was it was just. You know, like, I was literally just doing just enough to beat everybody because I was kicking everyone's ass so badly, <laughs> you know? There's a lot of competitions. There's, like, one or two dudes that are, like, the outliers. that's first and second place. Right there. Those two are. Right. And then everybody else is, like, competing for third. Right. I was talking with, so one of our local WNBF pros, multi-year world champion, Lisa Lum. She was at a Christmas party down in Eugene last night that we were at. <laughs> so... I was talking with her about the gal who won everything this year. She won Miss America. She won um, the Yorkton Cup, which is the OCB big show. She won WNBF Worlds. Wow. Her, yeah. she's So she's 26. She's 5'7", and competed stage weight 130 pounds. Her off-season's only like 150. 5'7"? She, she was huge. Wow. For 5'7 for and 130 pounds, that woman had lats and could fly. Wow. Right? It was, if you go back in my world's pictures on Facebook, Alyssa it was like, hmm, you have uh, like six pictures of this girl in a pink bikini. What's up with that? And I was just like, honestly, like, she looked killer. And I was like, I bet she's going to take worlds. And Lisa competed in worlds. And she's like, I was like, how, kind of talking about how she felt going on stage. And she's like, I felt like I was competing for a second. Yeah. She's like, that was just a given. Like, that gal walked in and you're like, damn, I'm going to get mocked by her. Yeah. But you have those at those shows. You have the outliers. Like, uh, Augustino Russo out of Bothell is a WNBF pro. So he won in 2021 at the Puget Sound Pro-Am that I competed in. He won the Open and won the Pro Card. Wow. And took the overall. Then he won this year, he won the pro overall, and then he competed in um, NPC shows. And he, the Northwest Night of Champions there, which is a natural and an enhanced show, and he took the classic physique overall as a natural guy, and then went and competed at regionals as a national guy. And he didn't place top five, but I didn't get to see a whole lot of those pictures because I don't follow a whole lot of the NPC content. Right. I follow our local stuff, but like he's he's one of those outliers. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you see on stage and you're like, Bruce is here. We're, you're you're gonna right. lose. Right. But we have, I mean, we have some crazy guys coming out of Germany that like when they show up at U.S. shows, you're like, damn it, it's not again. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess I'm competing for second, or I'm competing for, you know, yeah. third or whatever. But I love seeing that with, like, the outliers, because you know what's possible. Well, it's also funny, too, because you you just understand what level people are on, right? So, mm-hmm. like, the dudes who took first and second place at this competition I was at, I was in the pro division of this yeah. competition. Uh, they took first and second. They both already have their pro cards, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we knew they were going to win. There was a third dude, Josh Hatfield, who I've interviewed before. And uh, he's he's one of my oldest 
strongman competitors, right? He's that dude who were fuck. Josh is here. You know what he's I the mean? Rival. Right. Well, not just that. He just kicked everyone's ass, and so he's been a pro for a long time too. He was going to be there. If he was there, it really would have been a first, second, third. Like we all just were there for fun. You know what I mean? After that, so we were all competing for third, which was nice because uh, Josh ended up getting a new job, couldn't end up leaving and coming over. But um, it was it was fucking nuts, dude. Like you you just see the difference. And then those guys go to like uh, a pro card, like a, like a, a pro card only, like an Arnold or some shit like that, yeah. and they get their ass kicked. Right? It's wild. And you're like, whoa. So like, I can't even kick these dudes' asses. But I'd like to go up to the next level. I got work to do. Yeah. You know? And I love that. Like, having Worlds in Seattle, my wife and I were able to go to Worlds yeah. for the WWF. And, like, I've been to all but one of our regional shows for the WWF. Okay. I missed one of Katie's shows because, well, it was over Labor Day weekend and I was camping. Fair enough. Right. But, like, you look at the, the elite level athletes here locally. Yeah. That is completely different than elite-level athletes like on a national level, yeah. let alone a worldwide level. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Because, like, you see the, the guys coming in from the U.K., from Canada. You know, Canada freaking brought us here. Really? Yeah, for the WBF. Like, <clears throat> Leo's crew brought it. And they, Canada was huge. Ireland was huge. And the U.K. was massive. So, it was cool to come in and watch all those athletes that I will probably never see again. Okay. But, they just, they were all top tier. Wow. And they they mocked the regional guys hard. And it's cool to see that. Because, like, you're like, alright, I've got something to go for. I got, I've got some, I've got some growing to do. I've got. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta put on size. Getting your ass kicked is one thing, right? Uh, some people get really discouraged and upset and all that other shit. I get excited, you know? Like, I'm just like, fuck, I really lost. Like, I I mean, I know if so, if I was at peak performance level, I probably would have been like fifth-ish. Okay. Right? But still, that's peak performance for me. And it's fifth. Fuck that. I want to win. Yeah, you know what I you're mean? You're going for first. Right. Like, I don't compete to lose. There's no fucking way. I mean, sometimes you're in the middle of a comp and you're like, fuck, I hope I place top five for this one, which <laughs> is kind of where I was at with this last one. I was just, I was really aiming for top ten. Because there were some dudes there. Uh, there was a couple dudes there that were like picking shit up. I'm like, how? You're, you're little people, you know? Like, how are you even doing this right now? But. Right, it's it's fun to watch those. I I love. Well, it's also weird too. I'm hitting like this this like, at least in Clark County, this semi, not like even semi famous, like this partially famous bullshit. Whereas like I I've been a realtor long enough, so my face is on fucking a bunch of shit. I'm in everybody's face. Plus I do in the strongman community, so it's like everybody there. I'll get people coming up like, oh you're Tyler Towns, and I'm like. Yeah, what's up, man? You know, like, oh, I know you. how are you? Like, do we know each other? Oh, no, 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 we've never met, but I, I follow you. And I'm like, that's weird. You know, like, I don't know what to do with this. Do you want a high five? I'm confused. Do you but, want an autograph? Right. Like, I'm, I don't know what to do with it, but, and it's also another thing is I, I fucking am shit with names. 
I'm so shit with names. I'll remember anybody's <laughs> face if I've seen you before. But, like, names? No way. So I got dudes coming up to me in the gym. Like, oh, what's up, Tyler? How you doing? I'm like, what's up, man? Right. You it's, know? It's hard. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I feel so bad. But it, it's a weird position to be in. But you get in the community and, fuck, 10 years now I've been doing this. So... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a pretty sociable dude. I mean, at the competitions, I just want to have fun. You know, like, we're all talking, we're all having a good time. Yeah, I'm competing, but in between, that's what I love about, like, strongman and lifting things, right? Is that you're just looking at everybody. I want them to make the lift. I want them to beat me. I want them to try. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I go in there, and my ego is gigantic. (laughs) So I'm just like, if you can beat me, you earned it. Mm-hmm. Because I bust ass, you know. Like I mean, if you're beating me, you're you're beating someone who's competing. Mm-hmm. And when you're in something long enough, I feel like the click of the community and strongman, I know it's like that. Yeah. Where like everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Because you're all competing at the same events together all the time. Yeah. So the friendships come and people know you and the people who follow the sport and are or maybe even you know, novice and getting into it yeah. are like, oh, let's look up to the pros, you know, and so they're following you, figuring out what you're doing for training, figuring out, you know, maybe what your cycle is, like trying to figure all that stuff yeah. out so they can mimic you and do it right. Yeah. Like, and they, they want to get on that level. They want to be on the pro level. Which is, which is cool too. Uh, and I've seen, I think I've talked about this is the generational, generational building of a sport, right? So Strongman, I want to say 10 years ago, was like semi kind of cool, right? Like nobody really did it, but more and more people are doing it. And what we're doing is each generation's learning from the last and getting that much better. Mm-hmm. Like cutting out certain things we don't need to do or certain cycles we don't need and all this other bullshit. And I wish there was just more information. We're living in an age of information. Nothing should be taboo. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think gen- generational building with all sports is extremely yeah. important because you can cut noise out. Yeah. You can figure out, okay, you know, like as a novice, you know, okay, this is where you need to start. You need to do this for years until you get to about here. And then you can start doing like isolation work right. to do, to get to the next level. I I had questions when I first started. It was like, what what should I even be lifting to be considered like able to go? You know, mm-hmm. uh, luckily I had a really good coach, Jeff Pearson, and he was just like, just do it. Who gives a shit? Like, you would want like a five hundred pound deadlift, five hundred pound um, squat, and then like a three fifteen bench and a two twenty five overhead. That, that, those were the numbers he gave mm-hmm. me just to compete in novice, like to start. And uh, so those were the numbers I was aiming for. And uh, he's like, but you're doing this competition. And the other thing with it, too, is you do a competition like that, you're, you're hooked. Yeah. Like, I just want to do more. You, you either, competitions, your first one, either make or break you in a sport. Yeah. And it really comes down to, I think, a lot more of who's backstage. Because... Mm-hmm. If you develop those friendships and the core of the 
or is supporting each other, like hoping each other gets eliminated. Mm -hmm. You hope that they beat you, so you have the motivation to improve. Mm -hmm. It's different than the sports that are like, oh, no, I hope you fail. I hope the bar crushes you. I hope you die. Like, that's a completely different, like, feel backstage. And it's either going to make or break you. Because if you have shows where you are being supported backstage and they're, they're wanting you to continue, you know, you're going to want to come back. Versus if you have nothing backstage like you don't want to be there if it's a shitty backstage experience like you don't want to come back right and it's very easy to do like especially if you don't take loss well Mm -hmm. like you get destroyed on your first competition you place last of last of everything okay well now you know you're like "Ah, i just got my ass kicked like this isn't for me but then the, the person backstage, you know, is talking you up, like a, a friend of yours or somebody you just met is like, nah, you got it. Like, don't worry, this is your first competition. Like, you'll get better, you'll improve. Like, just keep going. You're going to want to come back versus yeah. like, yeah, you got your ass kicked. Ha ha, sucks to be well, you. I feel like in every sport, a real competitor is going to feel like the first way, right? Where they're like, we want you to do well. We want more competition. Like, I want people more into the sport. We're like, then I feel like every competition, every sport has that fucking dickhead who is just hoping you just get hurt. And you honestly hope that those people leave the sport. You do. I mean, there's always one. There's always one. And you hope they go find something else to ruin somebody else's sport. Yeah. Like, we had a couple of those backstage on my first show that were like, uh, you got destroyed. Like, haha, sucks to be you. But you notice, you talk with all the pros, and they're like, nah, you got it. Like, you'll get better. Like, don't worry. Like, figure it out. Figure out what's going on. Come back. And I think they have the right approach because they reached the elite level. They've become the professional in the sport. Right. They don't have to beat people down to feel better about themselves. Right. Or if they, even if they haven't gone pro, but they've been in the sport long enough. They want to see the sport grow. They want to see the competition grow. They want to see what's possible. Well, and ego. I want to beat the best. I don't want the best. I don't want to take first place because the guy who would have beat me got hurt. I don't want it. Winning by default versus earning it. Right. I want to be the strongest human being on the planet. That's what I want. So, whoa, I don't want this fake shit. You got to earn it, though. That's what I'm saying. You, you have to earn it. That's how I want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to get hurt. I want someone to PR and have me still beat them. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I want. I don't want this other bullshit. It's, um, it's definitely different. You know, it's a different mentality that people have. And I, I get that a lot of people do call it like egotistical or whatever. And, and that's fine. I don't really care. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's what I want. Mm-hmm. I think it's loving the sport. Right. Because if you love the sport, you want the best of the best to come into the sport. You want to foster the next generation to help them. You want your kids to, you know, be in the sport. Like, 
or in a sport, not even not even the one you compete in. Like, right. okay, you're you know, say you're an elite level CrossFit athlete, okay, and your kids decide they want to go into strongman. The love for the sport's still there. Yep. You're going to want to push them, and you're going to do everything in your power to help them find the right person to push them further in the sport. Right. You want you want those kids in there because okay, if they don't, the sport's going to die. Right. We don't. Want, nobody wants that. Nobody wants what they love to die. Well, there are some sports that I wouldn't mind, but I'm trying to think of one. Can you think of a sport where you'd be like, fuck that. If that didn't exist, it'd be fine. Soccer. I'm not a soccer fan. Oh, man. I love <laughs> soccer. Damn <To> it. <laughs> I guess it is all opinion, huh? Yeah. I mean, there, but there are people out there who hate baseball, who hate football, and they're like, I could, you know, the world would be a better place without football. Yeah. But there are, I mean, there are tons of huge football fans that are like, no, like, my life would be less without football or basketball or golf. You know. Oh, golf. Golf's probably one of them. I think so golf cool. is stupid. I love driving. Like, the drivers, like, yeah. going to the driving range and shit. Like, I'm into that. Just whack a ball as hard as you can. That's fun. But See if you can nail the target. Yeah, well, I'm really just trying to hit it as hard as I can. You I'm trying to get it over that go. back wall. <laughs> you know, that back net. Hit it harder than anyone ever has. I swing it like a baseball bat, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, by the end of the the end of the driving session, every time I got blisters on my hand. Yeah. From swinging the fuck out of that damn thing. Top golf probably like loves you for that. Oh like, yeah. You know, I'm trying to make it over the top of the back net. What are what are those two hundred feet tall or something? I don't know. It's it's fun though. I I can whack the ball a good like three hundred yards sometimes, and that's just like. But I but that's the thing too is I don't know which direction it's going. It's going that way. You know, like that's it, dude. Like, like we got a we got a large range that it could end up in. Yeah. But then there are the guys that you know can place it within a couple yards of where they need to be. Well, so that's the other difference too. Last time I went, Buddy's bachelor party, and that's one of the things we did. That and K one. Oh like yeah. Right next to each other. We did that for my bachelor party. That was so much. It's fun. a lot of fun, dude. So, but we're, we're whacking, and I am everything I got into this fucking ball, whacking the shit out of it. And this dude, sh- like, pulls up and just, just swings, and he's hitting it further than I am. Like, and straight as hell. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, technique. I'm like, fuck technique, like the strongman <laughs> mantra. Just brute force. Just, I can't, I can't stand that shit. That's why I don't do, like, Olympic lifts. Because I do understand the technicality of it. It's... Those are really technical lifts. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want to. I want to pick up heavy things through pure strength. That is yeah. it. I get it. Like, everybody's got their sports that they love. Oh, yeah. But some of them are more technical than others. And that's, you know, teach their own. Yeah. Olympic lifts are neat. I've tried a couple of them. I have an Olympic bar. So, like, yeah. to, from a bro competition that I bought, you know, I tried it a couple of times. You don't like it? No, I didn't. I, it wasn't for me. Okay. I was like, eh, whatever. But, you know, somebody else likes it. Yeah. It's great. Let's go for that. I mean, if, you know. All right. Four or five. So we've been on a tangent so far. Let's redirect. Okay. I just realized. Okay. What were we talking about business-wise? Uh, oh, you got a new truck, right? Yeah. Talk to me about this truck. Okay, so you said something about... Brand new truck. You just got it wrapped, right? Yeah. 
It's fucking beautiful, by the way. I thought that was pretty cool. It turned out killer. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, and then a 4,000-gallon tank? No, no. So, I'm adding like... That's why I was confused. <laughs> I'm adding a 75-gallon auxiliary tank to it. Just okay. Because, so, in a month, I can spend $4,000 in fuel wow. and not flinch because we have nine employees. It's a lot of trucks on the road. Yeah. Pool and spa service, like, it's just our biggest overhead, honestly, is vehicles and fuel. Okay. So, being like, I have a diesel now. I have my 350 with a service bed on it. But we have diesel equipment. Yeah. And so, when diesel fluctuates, I mean, 10 cents, 15 cents, 50 cents a gallon sometimes, yeah. and you're burning that much fuel, you need to find a cheap place to fill up. Have you thought of doing your commercial um, gas cards? We have them, but there's not enough of a kickback through a lot of the programs. Like pilot and shit like that? I haven't looked at the pilot ones. Um, I probably will now because they, they offer diesel. I don't know if they all of them offer um, like um, standard unleaded gas as far as a rebate program. But I'll, I'll be looking into that a little bit more. Okay. Um, Costco's another one because you can get the Costco like city business card. And then if you fill up at Costco, it's like 5% back. Wow. Which can add up to be a lot. Uh, yeah, especially if that's a lot of money you're putting in Exactly. There. And that's if you fill up at Costco. Well, we have two Costcos here. We got the one on 192nd. We got the one on Patton. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two Costcos here in town. Then you throw that they, get, they give you kickback on every fuel purchase everywhere else. But it's a lower percentage. Right, right, okay. But that kind of is maybe the route we're looking at. That's one of my projects to look at for the new year. But it's just, when you spend that much in fuel, you save 50 cents a gallon. That makes a difference. Yeah. In the end of the day. That's an extra tank. Easy. Well, so you were saying 4,000 miles is what you were saying a a week, right? About. No, we use like $4,000 in fuel. A month. Well, 4000 That's where I'm getting 4000 from. Yeah. $4,000 yeah. in fuel. Okay. Yeah. So, and with fuel prices rising, like, we have a fleet of F-150s from the newer Rangers. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard because they're, I mean, when you need a certain bed size. Yeah. To fit all your equipment in. You can't drop down to, like, a Maverick. Yeah. The Maverick hybrids. Totally think they would be a great viable option for most areas, not for ours. Yeah. We have too much equipment we need to carry. So, like, the long bed Rangers is our option, and those get, like, a whopping, like, 20 miles a gallon. My Ranger, that I drove here today, gets, like, 14. Wow. My Power Stroke that I just bought, you know, 6.7 big turbo, gets 13. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting the same fuel economy almost. In my 2019 Ranger as my 2011 F-350, fuel prices can be relatively comparable. It might be a little bit more expensive per mile. Can't you do that one thing to a diesel to make it Like a vein injection or something? Or like a... No, it's like removing a... Oh, deleting the DF and all that? Yeah. Well, we're recorded, so I can't confirm nor deny that. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure there's a way to increase your fuel mileage with those, but I don't know how to do it. I, don't, I know nothing about it, really. Uh, don't break the EPA laws? 
Yes, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, just don't don't break the laws. You do you. Yeah. No, they yeah, that helps a little bit. It helps more with like your exhaust gas temps mm-hmm. and things like that, which can help with longevity of the truck because there's not one more filter down line to plug up and set up. Okay. But yeah, I mean when you're talking longevity of a vehicle, it helps a lot. But sometimes you actually see a decrease in fuel economy because now you let's be honest, you've got the new exhaust on it, mm-hmm. you're gonna rough on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see oh all of a sudden, you know, you're a little bit harder on your truck. Yeah. I always loved um well I don't love but I think it's funny when like diesels dump on people when they drive. You know what I mean? Just like that big old soot pile. They shoot out their tailpipe at people's faces. I, I mean, I find it hilarious, but I also see that. That's all on wasted. That's wasted fuel. No. Like, I'm like, I would rather use that fuel to go further, personally. I guess that's fair. How do you do that? Do you just like idle it or what? Um, so you can put switches in. Like on some of those variable geometry turbos where you open the veins and it doesn't want to spool so you have all the extra fuel that would be used from the additional air coming in from the turbo that's not and it sits out. You can do it that way. Some tuning is just really dirty. I don't like dirty tuning. I like I like clean, good running trucks. Yeah. Like you're going to get a little bit in most diesels. Like you're pulling a heavy load, it's going to add some extra fuel. It's going to throw some soot, but it shouldn't be a ton. Yeah. I mean, unless you're running a giant turbo, like you're running a 100 millimeter turbo on 300% injectors, then you're, you know, you're going to have a lot of black till that turbo lights. And wow. Then it's going to go away very quickly. I don't know a lot of the things you said. but You yes. should come to Woodburn with us sometime this next summer. Come to do what? Go to the drag races. Oh, I fucking love drag races. So they do, like... Uh, you have, you know, the NHRA and all their drag cars. We've got some friends that have drag cars. They're super fun rigs. That'd be cool, man. Right? Big blocks. Let me know next time you guys are going. I'm definitely down. And then they do trucks, too. So you get, you know, all the diesel performance shops in the area roll in with their trucks. And all of a sudden, you know, you have 2,000 horsepowers in, in a diesel rolling down the track. Eight second quarters. Wow. They're moving. Wow, that's crazy. I got a soft spot for things that are shaped like bricks and shouldn't go fast when they go fast. <laughs> right, especially like I, bricks. Do you throw bricks? No. Okay. <laughs> no, just like trucks, yeah. uh, like old blocky cars, things yeah. like that. You know, you stare more stereotypical like '60s muscle cars. Oh yeah. Um, older Volvos, stuff like that. Things that should just not be fast. Yeah. Being fast. Like, it is one thing for, like, a Lamborghini to go down the track. Right. It is another thing for a 1985 Volvo. Right. With a thousand horsepower just to go down the track. And you're like, that car was never designed that fa- to go that fast. That is terrifying. And I love or a it. fucking Volkswagen Beetle. Right? Yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah. just inher- like things that aren't supposed to be fast. Being fast, I love. Dude, last time I went to the drag races, probably... More than 10 years ago. And uh, there was a Beetle. Yeah. And they're, they're just like revving this shit up. Like you spin your tires first and then they mm-hmm. all lined up. And they go ready to go. And it just goes, just tore in half. So the, the engine, since it's in the back, just really just yanked out with the back axle. 
And it just like rolled a few feet, and everybody's like, ah, because you want to see that thing destroy everybody. But uh, I think it had one good run, and then it came back for another run, and just the whole engine, the whole half of the back half of the car came off. Yeah, and some of those cars that just aren't designed to be that fast. Yeah, that you're gonna have structural issues. Like my dad built a car back in the '80s. I think it was like a Chevy Vega or something. That they put like a 440 big block in it or something. Oh, and it was originally like a six cylinder car or something. So they had done no frame stiffening at all. And they just got the motor in and his buddy went to go take it out. He's like, don't romp on it. We haven't stiffened the frame at all. Came back tater totter on two wheels. Oh no. Because he romped on it too hard, twisted the frame. And I mean. And now he, it's fucked, isn't it? Yeah, you just pulled the motor back out at that point. Yeah. On, on those cars, they were cheap. So you just go find another one. 200 bucks. There you go. On to the next project. Wow. Yeah. Should cycle back to business, though. We got distracted by cars. Right. It's that ADHD brain just all over the place. Uh, but... (laughs) Okay, so business. So, uh, you're working with gas. Uh, your bedliner's coming back. Yeah, bedliner's in, um, truck's wrapped. So it looks like those chase trucks that you see, like, down at the Baja 1000 and stuff. Okay. That was the inspiration I took for the wrap. Because I was like, you know, I gotta be different. Like, I wanna be different. I want our company as I'm taking over to be different than my dad's. Like, yeah. I'm not saying what my dad did was wrong in any way, shape, or form. He did a great job starting the business from zero right. to where we're at now. But I'm looking at where we need to go. And so, you know, employee training, making sure everybody's got that, having nice new vehicles wrapped looking good, equipment looking good, employees looking professional, because, like, we are a niche market in our area. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, there, there are a lot more pools in the Northwest than most people know. There are, actually, and you'd be surprised. Yeah. No, I, I know, and it's, yeah. it's funny because, so we started in June 2001, is when my dad started the business on his own after working for a competitor that is, you know, no longer in the industry. But... Like, he's been to so many houses. Like, I have records on houses that people don't even know, like, exist. And you go to put a pool in now, like, you're 150 grand to put well, a pool in. Easy. Well. You know, we have, there's several builders now that are, you know, 240, 250, $300,000 for a pool. Wow. And, I mean, the pool guys in the Northwest are kind of shitty, to be honest. Like, I look at, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, yeah. California. I look at what those companies are doing to try to figure out where we as the Northwest need to go because they've got it down. Like they're able to do, you know, pools for 90 bucks a month with chemicals. Okay, well, they have their stuff down to science, but they have 10 pools on one block and they're able to do 30 in a day. Right. Well, we can't do 30 per truck in a day. Like that's just not feasible. 15 is pushing it, but we have a lot more window time. Yeah. We have a lot more fuel expense. So, like, we have to build differently versus, like, them. Like, we have to build per stop plus chemicals. A lot down there is per month chemicals included, which is a great deal for a lot of people. I mean, if you get a pool guy that knows what they're doing down there and they're charging you 100 bucks a month for cleaning your pool every week, sometimes twice a week, like, that's great. That's a huge great deal but you know they're making like five to ten dollars per pool 
they're not really making that much. We have to make more because of our overhead and our travel time and all that and multiple employees. We need to make about $25 to $30 a pool to consider it profitable. Okay. But, you know, we don't make that on everyone. If you've been a long-time client, I'm going to cut you a break. But yeah. I have clients, one of my favorites uh, passed away. But, like, yeah. the last couple of years of her life, we lost money every single year on her pool. Wow. But that was fine. I didn't care. Right. She had been with us since the beginning in 2001, and she passed away in 2020, I want to say. Wow. You know, that's 19 years of loyalty. That is worth something to me. Everybody that would listen, you know, to her or had a pool, she was ranting and raving about us. I don't have a dollar figure that I can throw out how many clients she's brought us. Wow. So. It's worth it. I, re- I return the favor in what ways I can. Like, you know, okay, you don't get charged for something, you know, so what? I eat the cost, you know, I eat the $700 solar blanket, I eat something like that to try to make up for that. Yeah. You know, and we just have to do things differently. But I, I like it. Well, it's good, man. Uh, so, are you guys wearing speedos? Is that your professional attire? Uh, no. I mean, I could. I mean, extra, you should. Extra dollar, yeah. Right. I've got a couple. You're like, I'm a natural bodybuilder. Watch this, and just start sweeping out their pool and the shit. The Cabana Boy. Yeah. yeah. You just need a big ass hat and a speedo. I have a speedo. I have a gold one. Nice. Man. Yeah, I think I, I've I, seen I, that. I was like, I have my competitions. It does make your penis look wonderful, just so you were aware. Huh. Thank it's a nice looking penis in that gold right. thong. My wife, my wife loved it. Yeah. Hence the reason we have a second kid. <laughs> right. That's interesting. It did come about right after that competition, huh? It did. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so we have we had a bulk baby. That was Ryder. Bulk baby. Bulk baby. While you were bulking? Yes. Okay. Ryder was a bulk baby. Blakely was a prep baby. Okay. Blakely was actually a show baby. From uh, the NPC Natural Show. Nice. We figured that out. It's like, ugh. So, but now you think she's going to have a nice fake tan when she gets older? Just because it's probably in her blood and all that fake tan you had on? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of which, Alyssa's talking about competing this year. So, I've been talking to her a little bit. I talk to her every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, she said the same shit. She's posting a bunch of pictures and all that other shit. That's great. She had no fucking... I feel like she had, like, no confidence for a while. Right? And she's... Like, when I see a woman starting to, like, post pictures, not to be a fucking creep, right? Because most people know I'm in this industry, right? But I'm always like, hey, I'm fucking proud of you. Look at you. Like, you're, you're, you're... You feel good enough to put yourself out there like that again? Great. Whatever you're doing, keep fucking doing that. Yeah, she's doing great. She's yeah. doing a great job now. She's she's putting in the work. I mean, and with two kids, so Blakely's four and a half months old. Yeah. You know, four and a half months after having a baby, and then, you know, two years after having Ryder. Like, those are huge milestones anyway, let alone... Yeah. She kind of got the itch to compete at the last show, um... Because they have a transformation contest. And I think in the bodybuilding world, that is the first step into it. You know, you you start with bodybuilding, then you go to, you know, wellness, then you go to fit body, then you go to bikini, and then you go to 
bodybuilding or right. You know, I can't remember the exact order. I don't know the women's categories as well as I know the men's because there are so many more. But yeah. then you know, then you end up just full blown bodybuilding by the end of it potentially. Yeah. And then you end up world champion a couple of times, right? Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. That's the plan, right? Yeah. So, like, it's exciting to see her move into that. Yeah. Like, and I'm very proud of what she's doing. Yeah. It, it's hard, and after having two kids, like, you're gonna get a little self conscious. Like, yeah. I get it. Well, actually, no, I don't. I, I'm not even gonna pretend. Right. Right. Not, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was like careful with that one. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. Because, like the hormone changes that come after that. Oh, yeah. That's hard. The hormone, the body, like everything, man. Everything I mean, changes so much. I mean... To create a human. Right? You know what I heard? Okay, so I saw this thing, Instagram videos, right? And uh, <laughs> it was like, it was pretty cool because it said, okay, women are basically black holes. And I was like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about, right? I'm like, uh, okay, you got my attention. What the fuck are you talking about? And then it starts going into women are our um, link to other universes. And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, he's like, not okay, specifying. What are, you, what are you on? So what he's, he ends up getting at is women are, are able to pluck souls, put them in their body, and create an entity. Right? Because what are you doing, right? Like, so you're, you're putting your sperm in there. But she is the one... Who's creating an entity inside of her? So a woman is basically like this this amazing creature that can pull a soul out of wherever the fuck they are, right, and put it into an entity, create that entity in its entirety, and then give it life. Whoa! All right, yeah, I can get behind that. Right. So at first, I'm like. Why, they're bitches? What are you getting at? You know what I mean? Like, why, they take all your money? Are you going to be one of them dickheads, right? right. Like, but in the end, I was just, wow. Like, what a way to explain it. Like, I mean, wow. they, they take everything and can either make it better or worse. Right. So, like, you give a woman sperm. Right. You can get a child. Right. Like, that is a huge positive. And, like, I am extremely blessed with two wonderful kids and I 100% blame my wife for them being great kids. Okay. Like, like that ain't, ain't nothing to do with me. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, our, our friend Aaron was joking with us last night. Like, how did you get two great-looking kids out of you? And I was like, my wife. <laughs> so I was like, I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. But, like, you give them a house, they make a home. Right. Like, if you have a good spouse, like, yeah. as far as good in your relationship. Like, they take your home, they take your house and make it a home. Right. Like, it becomes a different environment when they're involved. Yeah. Like, it becomes better, you know. Warmer. I, I, I know your the feeling. Fa- your family becomes better yeah. with a woman, with a wife. But, man, you give them crap, they're going to bring in one hell of a shit storm on Yeah, they are, Yeah. Yeah, so, you make their life hell, they'll make yours worse. Exactly. I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, women are great. I'm extremely blessed. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, my my little ones are are wonderful. Yeah. Wouldn't trade them for the world. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be hard 
So I got a 15 and a 12 year old, right? Yeah. Um, I cannot imagine what you're going to go through. Because the shit I'm going through right now is fucking ridiculous. Gender identity, fucking, like just all the shit, the school shootings. Why is this more and more a thing? They just they just expelled some kid for bringing a gun to my son's school. Jesus Christ. I'm like, bro, this is suburbia Vancouver, Washington. What the fuck? This isn't, you know, Oakland or Compton. That's or, what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, where LA, is this? Like, where is this coming from? Ooh. Yeah. Was, it a, was it a male child? Yeah. Okay. All right. Men experience a lot more emotion than people give them credit, right? Yeah. Men yeah. should be stoic. Because if men react on their feelings, yeah. that's when you get school shootings. Because they are told, oh, just express your feelings. Well, men can go from violent yeah. anger and wanting to slaughter somebody to happy-go-lucky in four seconds. Like, we, we, I think as a, I've had those moments where, yeah. like, I'm just belligerent and then I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's a light switch. It's weird. But we have demasculinized an entire generation and we're wondering why all these things are happening. Boys no longer have positive male role models. They don't have strong men that are stoic and not telling them to not express their feelings, but expressing them in constructive manners to so, where things are being built. Yeah, I need I need further explanation on what you feel stoic is. Because to me, stoic is someone who barely speaks, who is just very, takes everything, doesn't show any emotion whatsoever. See, and... I see stoicism as showing emotion in constructive manners. Okay. So you can take your anger and rage and channel it in a positive direction. Yeah. A good workout would be a perfect example. Okay. Going out, you know, busting up. We have pool heaters that we scrap. Yeah. Things like that. Going out and just beating the tar out of them. Like, that's great. That's constructive. That's good. But channeling those emotions rather than just impulsively acting on them like, what about still having conversations with your children about these emotions are okay to feel as long as you direct them in like the manner exactly. you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think part of it as a, as a father, you have to show it. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. the hard part because it is one thing for me to sit here and say it. It is another thing after my toddler's been screaming for four hours straight. Right. And showing that grace and the stoicism that come with it of not letting like my anger and frustration lash out at yeah. him. He's a toddler. Yeah. He's going to react differently. Just as like when he's 13, his emotions are going to be big and they're going to be volatile. And, but they're going so to bad. need, right. Yeah. They're going to need direction and channeling and he's going to need the help to do that. But eventually he will figure it out. My goal is for my son to be better than I am. At oh yeah. Always. And so like, I the, would like to think I'm better than my dad, and my dad is better than my grandfather at. Right. Showing them in constructive. Well, that's the generational building. You know, we try to do that every in every way. I guess just not in sports too, or not just in sports. Yeah, you you try to make things better. Yeah. I mean, building things like generational wealth, well, generational health. One of my biggest things, especially right now with my 15 year old son, is explaining to him 
Um, someday you'll get it. Oh, you can man. be as mad at me as you want. You can say whatever you want to say. I think I was 25. Dude, yeah, I was in my 30s. I, 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 I was like 25. I'm out of school, and I just went, you know what, Dad? You were fucking right. You were right, yeah. Like, I get it now. Yeah. Like, I mean, it may I, have been... I've apologized to my mom I don't know how many fucking times in the past couple of years. Like, I'm just... I'm sorry. I get it now. Like, you, the stuff you're never going to understand until you're a parent. And you're dealing with this shit. Well, and because... Like, I, I think it's part of it you don't have the perspective yet. Right. You haven't gone through... Even at 18 years old, you haven't gone through enough hard shit most of the time. Compared to your parents. Right. To really understand why they are reacting the way they are. You don't understand until you have kids. Until you move in that. Yeah. Man, I I look at the sun and I'm just like, dude, you're going to hate me one day. Yeah. But it's all going to work out. And I hope that you know that I'm doing all of this for you. Right. So that way it's easier for you in the long run. Like, it might be hard right now, but these little victories early on are building that foundation. And, like, him learning that he has to be the one to do things. Yeah. So he's learning to struggle, to overcome. Right. And they're small things. Like, putting the train back on the train tracks. Something like that. Okay, he's going to have to learn to struggle with that. So that way, you know, in the future, when... The life train derails. Right. He can pick it up and put it back on the track. Well, and just like right now, it's probably pretty difficult to line that up, to get that train back on there, all that other stuff. But he's going to be more prepared as you keep him on that track doing that Mm -hmm. to be able to put his life back together like Mm -hmm. that. Because, I mean, you're not learning anything if you're not going through those big life changes like Mm -hmm. that. He just, he learns everything right now. He's... He's learning everything. He's absorbing everything like a sponge. Like he'll he'll mimic me, and like some of the mobility work I do. Oh yeah. Like I'll be doing like V crutches or something, and he'll come lay next to me and pick up his legs. <laughs> nice. Like or bicycle crutches, like something like that. Something just I don't enjoy, <laughs> yeah. but he'll sit there and lay next to me, and just soak it in. And he's you know he's building those foundations for the future, of okay this is hard. But I can do it. Yeah. Like, I see mom and dad struggling in their own way to get through things. Right. But they're still doing it. They still love each other. Like, even when they're mad, like, they're figuring it out. And right. he is, he's learning that and figuring it out as we go. And hopefully, when he is in my shoes and has his own two-year-old, he will look back and be able to go, okay, I get it now. I, you would hope so. That That's our biggest hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, that's all we can ever do. I, so, that's been my mantra for the past, like, I want to say almost five years. Um, my biggest mantra so far is just, all I can do is the best I can. That's it, dude. Like, I, I am really doing the best I can, and that, that's all I can do. It's never enough, though. It, like, I, don't, I don't know you if you never feel, feel You never feel like it's enough. No. Ever. But I have to start understanding that this is the best I got. So that's that's what I got, right? Yeah. And, you know, when they're, you know, 20 to 25 or 35, they Hopefully. might, they'll, they'll look back and go, all right, 
you know what? I can't hold any resentment towards my parents. They can try. Because they did the best they could given the circumstances that they were given. Right. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I look back at what my parents did and I'm like, okay, I would do that differently now. And like, there are things that I am Absolutely. Doing, doing differently. Again, talk about like what's being taught in schools. Like, that wasn't an issue when I was in school or with you. So, like, these things that these kids are being taught now is like, there's no reason for kindergartners to be learning about gender identity and theory. That's a little ridiculous. You don't need, they don't need those thoughts in their mind. They don't have, they don't have the mental capacity to right. comprehend the complexities of that conversation. Right. It's not necessarily that you never have that conversation with them. Right. It's current events. You need to be able to have that conversation with your child in the future so that way they are well-versed, well-educated, and able to have those debates, whether you agree with them politically or not, or you know, religiously or not. Like, that doesn't matter. You need to be able to have those conversations. Sorry. Uh, no worries. Work calling you? Uh, everything. And it's always something. Like, we were down at the Christmas party yesterday, and my phone's blowing up. The client's like, my hot tub's cold. My air, my heater's throwing an air. And I was like, I fucking fixed it Friday. Like, damn it. Like, it ran flawlessly for me. And it's always something. Yeah, it's, uh... It really is. It's constantly something. Like I just sent an email real quick because uh, we have all that pasta sauce. Yeah. So I have to convert this list of addresses I have for Christmas cards and everything like that and figure out who of these people wanted sauce so I can go and drop it off. Like I'm, I'm hand delivering all this fucking pasta sauce. Yeah. My and, wife was uh, pretty excited when she used to work at Fide- you know, Fidelity Chicago. Yeah. She was, I was like, man, that was pasta sauce. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, man, I, I took uh, three bottles of red wine, Marlot, and mm-hmm. then uh, an entire bottle of balsamic vinegar, mm-hmm. and I reduced it to like this thick syrup. That's that's that picture. Did you see that yeah. little? That's what that is. So it was like a gallon of liquid down to a quart, is what it ended up being. And it was uh, I had fresh rosemary in it garlic like it was fucking good dude so uh yeah i did that and then uh all these fucking tomatoes the sauce like it was nuts man did you see the size of the fucking i did i I saw i saw those pictures i was like oh jesus like i can't do that so with the amount of uh people i got really coming after me for this sauce a lot of people were like oh how much is it and i'm like i'm just giving it away but I did think about it, and I was like, I should sell this shit. I mean, if it's good, you might as well. Right. Well, I mean, and if there there's enough demand for a product, yeah, you can fall under you know the the homesteading rules and sales and stuff like that, and do farmers market stuff like that. I, I know you as a fellow business owner probably yeah. go, I don't have the time for that. Right. But you could have your kids help you, and right. then that would be a way for them to generate income. Right, and you can pay them up to like $1,200 a month of taxable income, and it's your children. Yeah, so like my, my son is two. When he turns five, yeah, he can start helping with things and start receiving a paycheck for that. Now, they have to be age-appropriate things. Things like picking right. up the office, things like that. Like he, you know, he could come on jobs with me and like hand me tools and stuff and be a helper. Right. 
but then we can you know contribute some of that money completely to his savings account to a four hundred one k. And it's non taxable too. Yeah, at a certain level, like I think it's below what is it fourteen thousand nine hundred now, something like that is. The I don't know. Low I think end. that's the I think that's the twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah, something like that. Where it's like Part. that is deemed like, but uh, not eligible for taxes or something. I mean. I'm all for, you know, maximizing tax breaks. Tax breaks. Yeah. Like, oh, if you can, do it. Because otherwise, I mean, we get killed as small business owners. Well, and then the big businesses are doing it. You know, uh, fuck it, man. And big businesses do it in different ways of shelling money around and, okay, the my stock is paid and I get dividends off of the stock and the dividends aren't taxed or they're taxed at this different rate or I'm leveraging loans against my stock. Things like that. Like, they, they shell money in so many different ways. It's like, I was learning about ways to, like, you your LLC is owned by a trust, and you're the trustee. Yeah. Well, if your LLC pays the trust, and then you as a trustee can pull money at a different tax rate, then you're not getting taxed. Like, say you make $100,000 a year, but you're only pulling so much out as taxable income but you're leaving the rest in there as leaving it in there or you're paying your mortgage as a rent to yourself because the trust owns the house too so that oh yeah yeah. and then so that way if somebody sues you everything's actually owned by the trust you know vehicles houses all that then they can't go after the trust it's complicated i'm gonna i don't understand i want to get more into it but like you follow if you follow rich people and like mimic what they do and try to under try to actually understand it you're either going to figure it out and become wealthy like them or you're going to flounder like yeah and i want to do things better i want to you know i want to figure out how to start the generational wealth cycle mm-hmm. because well, your like, dad did it my dad did a great he job he helped you it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in a very different spot than a lot of people my age. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, we have a business that's doing well. And, you know, we're expanding the business every day now. Like, we just signed up with a sauna manufacturer out of California that builds the only outdoor infrared sauna on the market. Really? Right? I want a sauna. Right? And we can, we can talk about that off air. And, I would like that because I want one in my house. But how many people have room in their garage for a sauna? Not many. Exactly. Oh. That's why I was looking for outdoor units. Mm-hmm. And finding something that's actually rated for outdoor and should handle the Northwest weather, oh, it's completely different. Like in, you know, sealing those saunas, they're cedar. Yeah. So you need to use like something like linseed oil to seal them, to protect them from the elements so you get life out of them. But I want to see saunas on, I want to see saunas and cold plunges in every house that has a pool. There you go. Because you have... Hot cold therapy, it's great. You throw infrared at it, reducing inflammation, joint health, things like that. You throw the shock therapy of cold plunges and switching back and forth between cold plunge and sauna, or cold and hot therapy just in general, you know, hot tubs or saunas. Like, it's great for your body. Yeah. Like, I miss doing the cold plunges. Like, I need to, I just have a stock tank. I can't, I couldn't afford a plunge. I mean, those are five grand. Oh, yeah. I can't afford that. Yeah, I used to... Uh, my hot tub is broken. It's forever broken. And, uh... Should get you a new one. The yeah. 2023 models are discounted right now like a couple of grand. Really? 
Yeah. I totally mm-hmm. recommend buying hot tubs at the end of the year because that's when most people are rolling out their previous year stock for rolling in the new ones. You know, and I'm not the only one like that. I don't carry a lot of inventory, but our wholesale manufacturers do. And they want gone. Well, I just, I, I'm so frustrated. This hot tub has been nothing but a money suck this whole time. It just constantly breaking. This happens, that happens. And I'm just, I'm so sick of it, dude. Like, I'm tearing the whole fucking thing out. I'm going to make a make an awning over there mm-hmm. instead of having a hot tub. Because I built an entire deck around it. Like, it's a lot, man. For it to just not fucking work. Yeah, hot tubs are super tem- temperamental. Like, yeah. even mine. Mine's broken right now. Yeah. But I just don't have time to fix my own stuff. Yeah. I'm out fixing everybody else's stuff. I'm like the mechanic's car. The last, you know, yeah. the last thing to get fixed is his own car because the last, you know, that's the last thing you want to do when you get home is go work on your own stuff. Yeah. Well, that's hard, man. Yeah. Your, your, your hot tub doesn't work, huh? Uh, mine's just a filter issue. Use it as a cold plunge. No, I have a stock tank for that. And the mm. stock tank gets fucking cold. Like, last year, when I was using it religiously, like, there was multiple nights that, like, I had to go out, you know, with the shovel and break the ice. Wow. Because it's, it's cold. It wow. gets cold. When you're using it in the teens. Well, you great. live up in Battleground, right? I live North Wool Center, so I live out in the view oh, area. Shit, yeah. right. So, it was, was it icy and shit down the way in here? Yeah. Yeah, my, my truck had a little bit of ice on it, and... I had to let it sit for 20 minutes warming up. I was like, damn it. Yeah, that's okay. Don't ever tell me you're going to be late. I'm probably late. Yeah. I was late. Like five minutes. You were just like, I pulled up. I sat there for like three minutes before you pulled up. I was yeah. like, sweet. I don't like being late, but I'm going to be honest. Especially when you got two kids that you're getting ready. Yeah. Like my wife does a lot. Does most of that getting the kids ready. But it just takes time. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm getting ready to leave. Rider wakes up. So takes a few minutes then there's you know three bodies in the kitchen instead of just one so it just takes a minute longer yeah and then you throw the ice at it and having to hunt down my keys because they were in the new truck for my <laughs> ranger and it's like ah oh. yeah but so you're running this business or when's dad retiring dad's supposed to retire this next year so he's wow. going to be completely stepping down so and I it's all we, you all me It's terrifying. That's a that's a big deal, man. Yeah, because I mean, you think about it. Okay, then there's eight other employees that are full time that I have to make paychecks for every two weeks. You know, that's fifteen twenty grand. Yeah. Every two weeks, then on top of which you got to be making that much. They got to be making that much. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, you know, they're out generating income too, right. but not to the level that I can, because like. I can do all the repair stuff, like because I am so versed in all that. None of the other guys really have that knowledge yet, and like I'm wanting them to get to that point. So like we're sending them to trainings and stuff like that here in Portland, and like to get them ready. Yeah. Because I'm just like I can't do all of it all the time. Yeah. Like, and I especially having two little kids, like I want to be more present with my kids than my parents were able to be. Right. And I'm not knocking them for that. Like, Of course. Yeah. My mom was going to school full-time pursuing her, you know, her master's and her doctorate. Like, wow, for what? Uh, psychiatric nursing. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, smart yeah. lady. Yeah. Um, but, like, she maintained 4.0s through mm-hmm. all that. And that's 
in a master's and a doctorate level program maintaining a 4.0, that's a huge astonishment. But that took a lot of her time. And, and in, time, in turn, you know, you give some, you take some, it takes time away from us. I was blessed to have, you know, a grandma that was able to be around the whole time with my grandfather who was um, medically disabled from the military. Hmm. So that was helpful. My dad was starting the business, you know, 2001 to 2005, you know. Starting a business from zero is hard. Yeah. Especially a business on your own in a niche market. Niche markets are hard, man. Niche markets are hard. I mean, they're, they can be super lucrative, but it's hard. Oh, yeah. It's, it's no fun. I mean, it's one thing to start, like, a deck and fence company. Yeah. Everybody needs decks and fences repaired. And I'm not knocking the decking and fencing guys in any way. Or HVAC. Well, most of it's wood. Wood needs to be repaired. Like, that's it how it is. It needs to be is. replaced every couple Absolutely, years, yeah. Like, we have 600 feet of fencing that needs to be replaced on the property. Yeah. And I got a quote from a contractor, and it was like 45 grand. And I was like, nope. I was like, I'm going to go buy a welder and just drive steel pipe. And then wow. weld it all together. And I was like, I'll have about 15 grand into it. But it should last, like, almost 30 years at that point. And I was yeah. like, that's a lot better than the pressure-treated wood that we have been using that's been lasting, like, six because yeah. we have a ton of microbes in our soil and it just eats everything up. But oh, wow. there are markets like that that people need to function. HVAC, you know, decking, fencing, general house repair, things like that, electricians, plumbers. Everybody needs those. Yeah. Not everybody has a pool. And pools definitely fall into the luxury item category. So like 2008, when we hit the you know Great Recession, business slowed way down. And we're starting to notice a slowdown now, but... I'm sure you guys are noticing that a little bit, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, December, I mean, we're going from, like, closing five a month to, we had zero in December. Yeah. I mean, we're okay, right? I mean, we made enough money to kind of get through there, but, yeah. It's, it's slowing down <laughs> fast. Yeah. So well, I'm looking at houses. Interest rates are going down again, though, so that should help. But that's going to drive housing prices back up again. We'll see what's happening, man. I don't know. It's going to be wild, but luxury items, like real estate, is kind of falls into that luxury item because if you own a house, like, and you're entering into a recession and you don't have the ability to fund another house, you're going to stay in the one you got. Yeah. I mean, refinances and stuff like that are going to be more advantageous. Those guys are going to keep busy. But people buying new houses or selling their old ones when they're like, oh, no, it's got to sit on the market for two years. Like, you're not going to have that. Yeah. It's going to be wild. But we're in that same category of things slow down. Landscapers, pool guys kind of go out the way because they're like, oh, I can clean my own pool. I can mow my own yard. Right. Well, there's there's a lot more that goes into cleaning a pool than just netting out the leaves. Right. Yeah. Chemicals and all that other shit, right? Yeah. All that fun stuff. But, yeah. you know, not everybody sees that, and that's okay. But, you know, we'll figure it out. we got money in the bank for savings for a reason. Right. So, I mean, we always try to have about, coming into December, we try to have between six and eight months of salary yeah. for everybody and savings because... Oh, that's pretty good. Smart. Because, yeah, because, like, we slow down dramatically January and February. March comes, we're going to get, middle of March, we're going to just get slammed. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. It's, it's a seasonal thing, you know. Like when the cold weather hits, furnace guys are booked out a couple weeks. Yeah. 
when the, when the hot weather hits, AC yeah. AC guys are booked up, but in that in between, you got your normal maintenance and repair. Nothing, you know, new installs for new construction, but you don't have a whole lot going on because people are like, oh, I don't need either right now. Middle of fall, middle of spring. So do you put in them? I don't build pools. I just fix and repair. I am plenty busy fixing and repairing oh, everybody well. else's stuff. I'm supposed to have a meeting with a new builder that's coming up from L.A. that one of our big manufacturers met with this last week. I'm supposed to meet with them on Monday, but they haven't gotten me a time, and I'm like, guys, I'm kind of busy still. Like, mm-hmm. it's the week before Christmas. Like, I'm finishing up projects for the year so we can get those paid, and we've got more money in the bank. Like, I think I just... This last week, like, I think I finished, like, four projects that I had that were north of 10 grand. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just what you got to do. You got these remodels and stuff like that. Equipment goes down. Things need to be repaired. Yeah, they don't want their whole pool freezing, right? The tops will always freeze. Oh. But, you know, I don't worry about that. It's uh, when the plumbing starts to freeze because there's no room for it to expand. Mm-hmm. That, that's when pipes start shattering. We have to start digging, and nobody likes that. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a lot of new builders right now that are... Um, during COVID, they popped out of the woodwork. Mm, I'm well. sure you guys probably saw that in the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. People who had no business being, being in real estate, being in real estate, just screwing people over, not well, knowing what they were doing. They're still here. They're, yeah, and we're dealing with that in the pool world. I mean, plenty of... I mean, we had, what, seven home builders that I know of that started selling pools. And... They're just sloppy. Like, they don't work like they're supposed to. Things are put in the wrong spot. Like, example, you always run the salt cell after the heater. Because you don't want that unbalanced water that comes from generating chlorine from salt running through the heater. It's extremely corrosive. If you're going to cut your, your heater life into three months, if you're not careful. Wow. $10,000 pool heater, cutting into three months, nobody wants to spend that every month. But, yeah. you know, we have plenty of builders that are doing that. Just not knowing what order things should go in, how things should go, why things are the way they are. Wow. Things don't work. They wonder why their pool's always turning green. And I was like, oh, you ran one line. You need two for that. Well, and you get the evergreen trees fucked shit up, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trees are, uh, trees and landscapers are pool, pool guys' favorite people. Yeah. Yeah, landscapers always blow the stuff into the pool, but pools are just a giant magnet for anything organic anyway. So, if it can't end up in the pool, odds are I found it in the pool. Yeah. Poop? Yep. Lots of poop, huh? Yeah, we pulled animals out of it. So, horses, cows, dogs. Wow. Yeah. Just dead or what? Dead, alive, yeah. Uh, I had a client who, two years ago now, had a, one of the neighbors opened up their gate. Their horses got out. Horses went through the pool cover. Luckily, it didn't destroy the pool. It just, I mean, it did like eight grand worth of damage to the cover. I'll take that any day. Right. And the homeowner's insurance went, no, we're not covering it because it's a pet. Even though the neighbor came, trespassed on the property, opened the gate, left it open. Like, now they have them chained and locked shut. Okay. But... Like, that wasn't the homeowner's fault. The homeowner's insurance is there for that reason, but because the horses were deemed a pet, they said no. Yeah. That's lame. Yeah. 
That's he's, he's a lawyer too, so I mean, if it really wanted to get messy, it could have, but I don't think it was worth their time. No. Yeah. So, a lawyer, huh? Yeah. His last name Ross. No. Damn. All right, fine. It's the only lawyer I know personally. I know a couple, but they're clients, so yeah. yeah. It's fun. I I mean. Businesses, small business, I think you know, is not for everyone. It's not. It adds a whole different level of stress. It also makes it so you can, if you're okay at it, you know, it makes it hard to work for anybody else ever again. Oh, I'm a terrible employee. Yeah, me too. I really am. Like, my, my wife hates it because it's like, I, I'm basically, an, you know, an employee of like 400 people, all that have pools. So they all look on my cell phone. So, but if I lose one, that doesn't hurt as much as if you're in a job that you only have one boss and you lose your job, all of a sudden you lose all income. Right. There's always ways to generate income when you're a small business owner. Yeah. And set yourself up for the future. Like I decided in February to go get my EPA card so I can do HVAC stuff. And now I'm a journeyman electrician too. I'm an 07. Wow. Journeyman. So... If I ever got bored of pools, I could go into the industrial sector, do maintenance and repair. Damn, that's good money, isn't it? Yeah. It's like 150 to 170 grand a year or something Damn. Like that, that I could make. Why not do that? Because you'd rather run your own business? I'd rather run my own business. Yeah. I get a lot of perks. So, like, yeah, I'm always on call, even when I'm on vacation. But, like, I get my own truck. I get my fuel paid for. Yeah. Like, if it's a work trip, like, sometimes you can, you know, bring your wife and kids. Like, I was out in Leavenworth for work for a week. I was able to bring my wife and yeah. my son and my daughter. But, right. you know, bring the family. And while, while I'm working, they can play. Right. While I'm meeting with builders and stuff like that, they can hang around. Yeah. Company dinners, things like that. Company dinners. Mm-hmm. Nice. You got to take advantage where you can as a small business owner because otherwise you just get taxed. So you get nailed to the wall on it. That's it a ridiculous. Sucks. Yeah. It's not it's, fair. No. And it's like when you're in small business, like, you know, when you just are a W-2, you get, you know, the first four months or so, three, four months of your salary. You're basically working for free. Because that's what it ended up being in tax rate, you know, of your yeah. year's salary. You think about it, the first three to four months of your salary basically just goes to taxes. Jeez. As a small business owner, it's, I would say it's more than that. I'd say it's closer to six months that you know you're working for free. Yeah, I guess. Especially when you start having employees because then you have, well, you The more know, money you make, the more taxes you pay. It's fucking bullshit. It makes me want to not make money. I know. But I like money. I like working, but the money's a nice byproduct. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't know. I definitely love my job. I love showing houses. I love selling houses. I love all that shit and being a people person and hanging out. And I go to coffee like four or five times a week mm-hmm. and then go to lunch probably like two, three times a week with clients. Like mm-hmm. go over to their house, hang out with them. I try and create really good bonds. You know, try to create that lasting relationship. So where like somebody like me comes in and needs a house, right? Like 
you're like, hey, I got a house for you already lined yeah. up. Like it's not on market yet, kind of thing. Like that's. I've done that a few times. I've done that a few times, and I've done uh, I've done it to where it's like, my, hey, I got a listing coming up, and I know that I know what you look for, right? I know the stuff you've sent me before. This would work for you. Mm-hmm. We can talk now. They'll accept this price. This is their bottom dollar, right? And they're willing to do it if they don't even have to market it. And no, no painting, no nothing. Like if you can call it good, like I've done that. It's helpful. Not, oh yeah. Yeah, and finding those off-market gems for you are great. Yeah, yeah, because then I then I double in that too. I make the buyers and the sellers commission on it, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, that's that full like, full like six seven percent. But it's, uh, man, I've also had to do those 8% ones. Um, and I know that sounds like a lot, right? But, like, for 8%, usually what we end up doing is, like, it's like a product, project management kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I need to move now to where, like, I'm already buying a house in another state. But I need this house sold for top dollar. Well, it needs to be painted. It needs to, yeah, I don't give a shit. Do it all. I'll pay you to do it. And then... You know, so then I end up okay. Well, if you're gonna do that, then it's gonna be like eight percent because I gotta I gotta let the painters in. I gotta what make sure they're doing good. I gotta get your carpets done. I gotta get the landscaping done, right. Like all this other shit. So it turns out I'm still making the same amount of money. They're just paying for it through percentage instead of me being like, here's the bill for this. You know what I mean? Here's the bill for this. Like, like each time it gets really frustrating for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, shoot. And then, like, the home inspection and all that that you got to deal with, too. Yeah. More people need to get pool inspections, though. My God. Like, I don't know if my home inspector does pool inspections. I'm going to No home inspector in our area does pool inspections. They go, yep, there's a pool. Don't know anything about it. And you know how many people I've had roll in that are, like, after the fact, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you need to dump about 40 grand into this pool. Like, the equipment all needs to be cut off of the ground, and it needs to all be redone. New pump, new filter, new heater, new automation. Because nothing works. And they're like, what? Before I get crazy into that, I am going to go ahead and text my my dude, my my main guy. Hey, do you do pool inspections? Yeah, I don't know of any home inspector that actually does pool inspections. I don't know. I, I, not, I have personally never sold a home with a pool. I don't know how that's happened, but it just has never happened. Most of my price range is like, like low to mid income, anyways. So yeah, I mean, when you start getting into homes that are, you know, I would say <laughs> eight fifty and up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you start seeing a lot more pools, hot tubs, things like that. But man, if they don't know to get the inspection, like they don't know what's going on with it. Like yeah. it's something I can come in and I can even like do a water chemistry check. And I can tell you real quick that you're going to have issues fast if things aren't addressed. Cool. Well, I'll keep your number, man. If we end up running into a pool, how much is it to get you to come inspect it? It's like 350 It's not bad 350 Okay. Yeah, it takes yeah. about two hours normally, depending okay. on the complexity of the pool. And if there's a hot tub or something, too. Well, if you're in the 850 and above range, I'm sure that's not a big, big deal for you. Most of the time, no. I've had a couple of realtors that have uh, done me dirty, though. What do you mean? Where they don't pay. What does that mean? How do you? How do they not pay? They just go nope after I, because they're like, hey, I need the inspection report now. I'm like, all right, cool. They're like, hey, we close on Friday. It's Wednesday. I need the inspection report. Uh, can you get it done and I'll pay you later? Yeah, sure. 
And then I'm that's fucking bullshit. Me. I have one that's from like 2019 that I'm just. She's like, no, I paid cash. I was like, uh, you paid. Five hundred. You paid five hundred cash, but you had a bunch of repairs done, too, that you said you would cover. Yeah. I was like, you still have an outstanding balance. Damn. It, it was. It's like eight hundred dollars or something. Something stupid. And I'm just like. You know, it's a principal thing now that I'm not, like, just closing it off and writing this bad debt. <laughs> yeah. But it is what it is. I mean, we got... You get people like that in every industry, though. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I even had a a lender who had my inspector um, do a foundation cert. He does them, mm-hmm. right? He's like, hey, do you want me to just do that while I'm here? And I called the lender. I said, okay, well, this is on you. It's, it's part of your lender shit. I was like, this one's on you. So, like, do you want him to do it? He said, like, how much is it? Well, all that other shit. He does the foundation cert. Uh, we end up not closing on that house. This The buyer wasn't able to purchase the home. Mm-hmm. And so that $400, I'm like, dude, you still owe dude. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, uh, uh just... Dodging and shit. And now I feel like shit because this is my home inspector. Yeah, it's your guy. Yeah, it's the dude I recommend for fucking everything. And I basically burnt him for like 400 bucks. I mean, I didn't technically do it. Yeah, and that's part of this is is like if you refer somebody and they... Your relationship with a client may be different than my relationship with your same client because personalities collide. Yeah, yeah. Like they may want a certain type of person like a yes man say yeah. and I'm, I'm not a yes man I will tell you when things are broken and I will tell you when they need to be repaired but I'm not going to be the guy that just goes and does it for free there yeah. are plenty of people like that and I'm not one of them I got two kids to support I got employees to support I got business to taxes to pay I got payroll taxes I got all insurances that I got to pay still like I have to generate income at every level all the yeah. time. Just to, every time, yeah. Every time, every chance, opportunity you have, you have to generate income in some way, shape, or form. Well, have you figured out your hourly rate yet? Not you go through all that. I mean, so I do that for my goal setting at the beginning of each year, and then I do that for my um, end of year, like, tying everything up. You know what I mean? Like, for taxes, all that other bullshit. I did in years past... Um, okay. I haven't done it in a couple years. I just try to keep like this self-given raises up yeah. with inflation plus a couple percent, not a ton. Like I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get rich doing this, but I am trying to pay, continue to pay my bills and move towards purchasing a property, move towards being debt-free, all that. Like that's our first goal. Is like the next eighteen months, debt-free, yeah. zero debt. Like that's the goal. Okay. It's doable. It's going to be tough. Well, look into what that's going to do to your credit. But see, I can leverage the business. You because definitely can, yeah. I can leverage the business credit using mine. And if it's in your trust already, it's, it's, you can it's use be, it in a different direction as well. Okay, that's smart well, people and like, My credit score is like, I, uh, they had a hard inquiry two months ago, and it was like 7-11. So, I mean, it wasn't bad credit. Right, right. But then, you know, it probably dropped to 700, 690, somewhere in there after running the hard credit and 
that stuff that came with it. But, okay, you know, like, I still have good credit. Well, so what I'm saying is a lot of people think that in order to have good credit, you have to pay everything off. When it's actually, you want at least 30 to 50% of your credit expended. Yeah, and see, I want to balance that out. Right. I want to, but because I can leverage the business in a different way yeah. by putting all the business accounts under my name for credit personally, all those payments and all the debt versus um, income stuff will all help me in that way. So it's weird because like, yeah, you know, you take the Dave Ramsey approach, your credit eventually will disappear. Yeah. If you can pay cash for a house after that, that's great. But if you are trying to finance, you do need some sort of credit on the back end to get you a competitive rate. If you have a zero credit or a non-existent credit, you're going to get a higher rate, you know, unless you're able to put $200,000 down, which, I mean, if you can, great. Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even know if you could do anything with less than 600 credit. Uh, I don't, it's, I mean, without, it's hard. Without cash or some... Uh, like, 21st mortgage will do it, but that's, like, a 20% interest Oof. rate. Like, fuck all that. No. I, I mean, like, I'm looking at houses that are, you know, six, $700,000. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's compare payments for the same, like, say you put zero down. Yeah. You know, doing something like an FHA loan or something like that. Right. What would your payment be? That's, like, middle of COVID, the same property was, like, $2,200 a month. Right. Like, all right, that's doable. Now with the interest rates the way they are, it's like forty two hundred or something yep. like that. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. It's crazy, man. It really is. But they're gonna tank here soon again. I mean, and we'll see. That's the thing. It's like it looks like it's about to do that. Well, they just didn't they just release their thing saying they've got three rate declines yep. in the next year. They're gonna do that, and I'm like, ugh, that's gonna do, and that might put us. I mean, if we're leveraging ourselves right and getting our debt paid off. By December of next year, we could potentially have enough paid off to where we're still falling into like really high credit because we have all that payment stuff. Right. But then it allows us to get a better interest rate. Yeah. So the, the other thing, too, that, I, that people don't really realize, which I try and explain, is that especially with this whole interest rate thing, if you were to purchase now... And they went down, you refinance, you get the new interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can purchase now and the interest rate goes up and by you're already good, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's like ways to do it to where, yeah, you'll be sitting at payments that are kind of high for now. But if the interest rates are going down, you'll be fine anyways. And either way, equity in your house, like all this other bullshit, man. It's pretty nuts, especially with the way house prices are rising. Our, Our- decline was like 20 grand. 20 grand, which it should have been like 50, mm-hmm. right? But it, it, they only dropped 20 grand, and then what are they going to do? By summer, they're going to be up 80. Mm-hmm. And then what, yeah. right? Like, well, nobody wants to buy a house in the winter. Nobody wants to move in that. I think that's yeah, Christmas was Yeah, Christmas is always like really, really The spotty. holiday season because people are like, ah. Oh. And then oh, yeah. they make it through. The, they're like, ah, oh, we'll just stick it into summer, and then summer comes, and they're like, Well, oh. January, we have like 15 set up. To start again. Oh, like, really? clients. Yeah, so I'm going to be fucking slammed as soon as January hits. But nobody wants to do anything during winter. Oh, well, we'll be gone for two weeks. Oh, we'll do this or we'll do that. I don't want to be in the middle of a transaction during Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, uh, 
January is going to be intense, and every month after that for who knows how fucking long. It's going to be a, a fun ride. I mean, I'm hoping that things turn around a little bit. For this year is going to be the fucking bomb. 2024, I feel like I set myself up completely. I mean, yeah. These kids are going to be hard to deal with because of this whole divorce and all this other bullshit. Uh, school's hard for them, but I set up my business really well. It just started picking up like crazy. Are you on for that number one in Clark County slot? I would like it, yeah. Who wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. The issue with that, though, is you got people who are like, uh, a person who beat me for first place in like volume, uh, they won by like just selling bigger houses. So they sold one big house and I sold four. Mm. And then, like, and then, and then they beat me. I think it was like by a grand, and it was fucking bullshit. I was like, dude, this is, it's fucking lame. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, yeah. I, I took first place. So Keller Williams is one of the biggest companies mm-hmm. in Clark County, and I took first place last uh, October. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the county for fucking. Individual volume sold, so I'm not on the team. I just it's just me and my assistant, and uh, yeah, we're just fucking selling the shit out of these houses. It's nuts, dude. Like you got to think five five a month is it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So most people close like five a year. <laughs> yeah. How do you make any money doing that? I mean, have you seen the prices of I houses? Have, I have. <laughs> right? did, you, did you you know did you factor? Some people, you know, that, like, 10% commission. Uh, People rarely do that shit. Like, I'm pretty rare having an 8% option. (laughs) Like, people just don't. Most of the time, a high percentage is 6, and a normal percentage is (laughs) 5. Like, I can't go any lower than 5, the company won't let me. Which I'm okay with. I shouldn't be selling my services for lower than that. Now, if we get in the middle of a transaction and shit goes south, and it's maybe my fault, or... I need this closed or we're personal friends and shit's going south for you and I want to help. Like, mm-hmm. I can try and do something like that, but, yeah. And I've also done it where I double-end a deal and I brought the whole percentage down to four. So instead of making 2.75, I'm hitting both sides of this. So now my seller only pays 4%, but I get the whole 4%, so it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, like last time, it was a rough fucking deal and I had to ladder it and the reason I say ladder it is because I got a listing well those people were buying a home right but they were buying it contingent well we put the house on the market somebody else made an offer but their house their purchase was contingent on the sale of their house so now I've locked in all these deals right and you just gotta find one well and then I'm the client so out of four purchases Four transactions. Out of five transactions, I'm four of them. Jesus. No, out of four, I'm three. That's what I meant. Okay. So I'm the buy and sell of this property, and then the buy of this property. And then she's selling this property over here. But if she doesn't sell this one, the whole deal she can't apart. buy this one, and this can't sell this one to buy this one. And it was like, fuck. That's stressful. And then the listing agent, it was like up in Bonneville. Mm-hmm. Or not Bonneville. Bonnie Lake. Oh, okay. And... Just fucking brand new. And so I'm just like, 
You need to hold an open house. You need to re... Put it up. Put the house up for like 700 and it was worth like... No, she put it up for 600 It was worth five. And I'm like, you fucked me on this. Like, dude, I need this house to sell. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you're going to do an open house. You're going to have a broker's open. You're going to have your people from your fucking brokerage walk through there and give you an opinion on what the price should be. Right? You're going to have it cleaned. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then she like presented it to the client as like her idea. All these things she was going to do to help them sell their house. I don't give a shit. Sell the fucking thing. Yeah, you're just like, I'm just trying to make sure the rest of my deals. Right. Happen. I need all this to line up in a row. So within one week, we closed four transactions. Or three transactions from one. But it was all, it was a quad. It was just boom, 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 Just boom. bam, 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 bam. And they all had to be one after another. They had to be really, really close because this sell of this one paid for this one, right? So, like, you have to line them up and interlock them and fuck. It was so intense. You're like, all right, you sign Monday. You sign Tuesday. You sign Wednesday. You sign No, Tuesday. I was like, you sign these two paperworks Monday. They're going to sign Monday afternoon. You're also going to sign for this one remotely because you're not going back to Bonnie Lake because I need you here, right? Like, that's what how it ended up. Everyone signed on the same day. So I had, like, the Bonnie Lake one. The, the buyers were buy, signing there. One of the sellers was still in Bonnie Lake. One of them was here who did it remotely. And I'm just like, son of a bitch. Like, people oh. don't get, like... They think, oh, you just sell houses. Like, it must be really easy. Like, dude, yeah, it there's is. There's a lot of complexity in it. I would have no idea about that if yeah. Melissa didn't work in the title and escrow. Right. Right. Yeah, so she knows how all that shit goes. She does. Yeah, it's she, she does. fucking intense, back. man. It's super intense. Yeah, she's no longer with them. She's with me now. With you, yeah. Yeah, she, she works for Mountain View, so. Yeah, was she? She's like the office chick or what? She's one of them. Yeah, nice. she does like deliveries for me when I need parts and stuff like that. She'll bring me all that equipment. We'll load her truck in the morning. Like if a truck's too full, I gotta have a second truck with delivery on like big equipment jobs. So she'll come in and do that. Um, she runs down to distribution. She picks up parts for me. She does all the banking stuff. She takes care of a lot of the back end stuff that I just. I don't have time to deal with. Right. And my office manager that does all my billing stuff is so busy with like billing, taxes, and all that that she doesn't have time to do it. Alyssa just takes over all that stuff. Like getting invoicing out, something like that, something simple. Well, that, that's why like I hired this assistant. Dude, mm-hmm. she is phenomenal. Like most of it's like the paperwork. I it's not that it's hard. I don't have I'm out. I don't have fucking time. To right. sit here and what? Now I'm going to write this contract on my phone? Because yeah, you're like, I don't have, like, I don't want to be up till midnight every night right. finishing up contracts. So if you can take that off my plate, that's beneficial. Well, and then by the time I get to it, say, 9, 10 o'clock at night, where I have all this shit I have to do, now, if I don't have a list, I've forgotten half of it. Yeah, just I don't send her a text throughout the day, like, hey, I need this knocked out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Out. So as we go, like, we'll even be driving. She'll be next to me. And it's little shit, like I'll pick up my phone like I just did a minute ago, like, what am I doing again? And she just keeps me on track. Right? Where, where am I going? Where do I need to go? Oh, he does what? not do pools. Not enough pools around here to get certified. Well, I mean, you do, so that works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, hey, I need this contract written. I need this. I need this stuff updated. Can you just send that contract to this person? Like, I got an email in here. 
I don't have time to fucking send it over here. But it's also gotten to the point where she's so fucking good. I'm like, she's like, why'd you forward me this big ass email? I don't want to read it. Tell me what it says. You know, give me, what I mean? give me the cuff notes. <laughs> give me the gist of it. Like, I, I mean, I feel like it's not being lazy because she also is more. She and I are like personality-wise, almost the same person. Mm-hmm. But work-wise, I'm a salesman. I'm up front. I'm in people's face. I can get along with fucking anybody. She's a little bit more introverted, mm-hmm. right? With me, she gets a lot more extroverted because it's hard not to be yeah. when you're with somebody like that all day, right? But paperwork, what she loves, she gets the numbers right. She fucking does the paperwork. She gets all that. Shit. She's very organized. I'm a hot fucking mess. You know, <laughs> like, dude, like a bomb went off. It really does, or it just has. Now it just has nothing on it. Because she takes care of it all. Because she does And it. that's a great business relationship that yeah. works out really well. And that's going to end up benefiting you guys in the long well, run. It's also set to where the more money I make, the more money she makes. Oh, is she commissioned too? She's, it's like partial. Okay. Right? So she gets a salary every month. But that salary goes up based on my com- my sales. Okay. So the better she makes, more efficient she makes me, the more money I make, the more money she makes. See, that pans out pretty well right. in the long run. Right, so man. everybody wins in that situation. Well, and that's the thing, man. She's gotten a couple ra- It's been less than a year. She took two raises. Because I'm just... Because not only... So at first, I'm like, okay, I got to teach you everything, everything. Like the whole time I'm teaching. Right. But now it's to the point where an email will come in. She has access to my email, my work email. Mm-hmm. Right? She's like, oh, we just got this email. I already did it. She's just on top of it. She just knows what she's fucking doing. I don't have to explain it. She's done all of this like fucking 30 times already because she's been working with me for a year. Yeah. Right? So like it's it's just, and it works, mm. right? So like this, I had to send that email. I forgot to send it when I got here. But it's the list of, like I said, the list of all the addresses for everybody and the people who want sauce. There's about 100 of them. Right. Jars. Well, I, I have enough, right? I have enough for everybody, plus a couple people are getting a couple jars. Because, mm. like, one family is, like, eight people. Oh, yeah, then they'll need two at least. Yeah, so I'm like, I, what I don't want is to give you just enough that you're going to have to add something to it. I need you to taste my sauce. I'm yeah. that egotistical. I need you to taste my shit. Don't fuck it up. My sauce. <laughs> right. And this year I made it a little chunky too. Okay. I know that some people aren't aren't they like that smooth shit, but I, I like it chunky. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I like a little bite to it. Uh, yeah. Oh shit, we're running out of time. Um, anyways, yes, thank you for coming. Glad to be back. Yeah. Anytime you're down, I do these at nine. I mean, I'm trying to get more and more people in here. The next thing I'm trying to get in here is uh, I do do travels around the world, bringing. Uh, crafts back to life. So he was at a bazaar yesterday, and he went down to like Colombia, and mm-hmm. there's a there's like this this little mask he has, and it's wood carved, and then with glued beads okay. that make this. Th- and it, there's so much meaning and all this other shit behind it. But the people who do it are dying off, and like that's a, that's neat. It's really cool. Right. So I'm like, you need to be on the podcast. I need to ask you questions for two hours. Right? Like, I need yeah, this. that sounds neat. Right. But yeah. I bought a, bas- uh, a mask for my grandma because she's super into that shit. Plus, 
I really appreciated the fact that, like, there are people who go to, like, third world countries, buy really cool shit from merchants down there, but it's like a dollar for them. Right. Right? And you come back up here and sell it for 30 a piece. That's good money. But what this guy's trying to do is not only, he's making money on it, he has to, he has to travel, he has to do all that shit. He's making YouTube videos and stuff explaining the craft. So he records them creating from start one of these masks. Yeah, you got to keep some of those traditions alive. Right. That sounds like a neat one. When's it's he coming? really cool. I'd like him to come next week, but I have to text him and shit. Yeah. So I'm super interested in that one. That'll be a lot of fun. I got a Pam Fox. She, I think she got a divorce. So her name was McAnally. And so she was a, she's a realtor. Mm. She's fucking cool. She's really cool people. And I've been trying to get her on here too. I think I think every time what happens, she's like, "Wait, what's your name of your podcast again?" And then I stop hearing from her because I think she listens to it. She's like, "Uh, I don't know about all that." <laughs> At the same time, like if you have value to give, yeah, you should be giving that value. Yeah, like, man, if people like came to me with like. 400 pool questions like yeah. we can do a podcast on just like pool questions of like what would you do in this situation yeah like that would be a fun one that'd be interesting yeah i'd love to figure out you're gonna have to like walk me through what questions i'd even ask like what are your typical questions and shit we get a lot about like water chemistry and stuff like that and then like Oh, just maintenance. Like, how do I maintain my pool? How do I, you know, extend the life of my equipment and stuff like that? How do I ensure that installs are done properly? Yeah. That's a big thing because, I mean, you get fly-by-night guys that'll buy something online and install it and, you know, charge three times online price. And, and like, don't get me wrong. If you're, you know, everybody needs to make their money. Right, but online, that's a bit much. Online, well, and kind of. But online prices are a lot of times cheaper than what I can buy things for because there's no warranty behind it. So oh. you buy a product online, so you buy a heater. It's a parts only, and it only covers like 90 days, say. Wow. Versus like you buy the same product through me. It's three years, manufacturer warranty, parts, and labor. Like something goes wrong in three years, I'm mm-hmm. going to fix it. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to build a manufacturer for it. And when you buy through like us, there's a lot of gray zone in the warranty like if it's three years and four months a lot of times they'll still warranty it okay for like big things but like if it's something small like an an igniter goes out like they'll be like nah but if it's something like hey i had this blower motor fail like and i got that well it's a thousand dollar part yeah they'll cover that They'll, they'll extend the warranty beyond the warranty period because like we have the relationship with the manufacturer already yeah like if we've switched manufacturers with primary what we primarily deal with because of the warranties and because of the way they support us on the back end okay it's not necessarily that i mean at the end of the day a pool pump's going to move water filter's going to filter it heater's going to heat it right but it's who's going to take care of my customers the best right And if I have a manufacturer that's willing to offer like a three-year warranty versus everybody else is only a single year parts and labor warranty, I'm going to look at that three-year. Yeah. Okay. Well, not only are they willing to stand behind their product for that length of time, they're willing to extend it and make sure that the customers are taken care of when it's proper installs, things like that, when things are done right. 
Well, that's the thing. They have to trust you, too. Yeah. And I have a couple manufacturers that really trust me and trust what I have to say and trust what I do. And I have some that I don't see eye to eye with anymore. Right. And I don't do business with them anymore. Like, we went from doing $200,000 a year with them to this year we did, like, forty. Yeah. And I have other manufacturers that in years past we did, you know, six to ten grand with. And now we're 175 grand with them. Wow. And they see that and they're like, what's going on? I was like, it's the support on the back end. It's the reps that I'm having to deal with. It's the salesmen I'm having to deal with. It's your standing behind your product with the warranty. It's sometimes it's kickbacks. Like, you know, sometimes you, if you sell $100,000, they give you like 5% back. Nice. And, and credit towards other purchases of products. Right, that's well, okay. Fair. And then I buy a couple additional pool pumps. You know, or I buy another filter, or I buy another heater, things like that. Like, you get a little bit, like, that's not enough to, like, go home about, but, like, it helps. Like, every oh, yeah. dollar helps. And then, like, if it's outside our service, our normal service area of, like, the river to Castle Rock, they pay travel time. Oh. They pay extra labor for things. When things go sideways and a job takes you four hours, it should only take you one. Like, that happens when you're dealing with automation. Like, you run into Wi-Fi issues. Oh. Like, the home Wi-Fi sucks. Say. What? Yeah, say the home what Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi sucks. What does have to do with a pool? Well, if it's through your app on your phone. Like, you control your pool from your phone. Oh, yeah. Well, if the Wi-Fi is not stable, you're going to end up running into issues where the Wi-Fi cuts in and out. So, it's cutting in and out on the app and not accepting the signal. Whoa. Right? Yeah. All fun stuff like that. That's nuts. We can talk all day about automation stuff. Wow. Maybe We're going to have to get to it. Maybe another another podcast another, another time. day. Yeah. We can talk all about like pool automation and what you should be looking for and like the benefits of each manufacturer. Because I don't think we really had a plan for this one. No, not not for this one. Yeah. Well, this is like, what are you guys going to talk about? I was like, I have no clue. I have no like, idea. It works. Like, yeah. I mean, but another podcast for you. Yeah. Another podcast under my belt. That's a couple of them now. And yeah, didn't you say you were going to try and do one? or? Yeah, we talked about it. It's just something I don't have a whole lot of time for. i got to get you both in here at once. I know that's probably impossible. Not quite. I, my in-laws can watch the kids or something. We could plan okay. that. Yeah, plan on doing that. Like, let's, let's do one where you're both in here. Maybe like the week between like Christmas and New Year's. Oh, yeah? You'll probably be pretty slow then if we actually close up. For the that week, we okay. give all the employees a paid week off. Wow, that's yeah. nice of you. At Christmas to New Year's, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear from you. Yeah, I want you to be with your family. We have a couple of pools like that we take care of year round, three hundred sixty five days a year, that are commercial. Uh-huh. So like, I take care of those. Like, go spend time with your family. Like, I don't care. That's cool. So that's cool of you. We try to be nice. I try to make sure people have their benefits and you yeah. know people are paid well and like healthcare and all that, but that's expensive. Oh yeah. Oh I know. I just signed up for healthcare as a single male. Oof. And it sucks. Uh, With dependents or is your ex wife have the kids on their own? Uh, I think we split. So I got a dependent, she's got a dependent. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see. But I don't even know if it's going to help with taxes this year. Taxes this year are going to suck. I don't want to talk about it. I don't either, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm dreading because this year I'm like, oh, I'm going to probably have to owe. You know, it's like, I'm not wanting to Well, this is, this is probably the best year I've ever had. Yeah. 
Yeah, it it's, did not start that way, but I tripled my business. Okay. Yeah, just adding the assistant, dude. She's fucking awesome. So. Anything to make your life easier makes your business I'm better. I'm talking about, yeah. Anyways, all right, man. Well, thanks for being here again. This is, no, I don't have a watch. It's Yeah, it's 1130. Yeah. Uh, this is Tyler Toby Townsend again. I'm here with... Dakota Gap. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>